The live-action Transformers movie franchise is now 16 years old, with a seventh film on the way later this year. So I suppose it's finally time for us to go back and work through all the main entries and see if any of it is more than meets the eye. I hate myself. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast and we are here today unfortunately to begin a journey through a modern mega franchise that began 16 years ago in 2007 and that is the live action Transformers franchise. We'll be looking at the first movie in the franchise today. Um, we are starting this, of course, because there is a new one coming out this summer and we feel that we should be up to date so that we could talk about the new one when it comes out. Yep. <laughs> uh, we should mention that we actually have already looked at Bumblebee. That was like episode two of the show. That's like If you click on the playlist on YouTube or on the, the, the podcast feed, that's all the way at the bottom. It's all the way down at the bottom. But we've never talked about the actual main set of five movies. I've seen four of them before. I haven't seen the last night, so that'll be a new one when I get to it. How many of these have you seen, Tara? Well, aside from Bumblebee and the actual Transformers uh, namesake, I've only seen the first two. Oh. Oh. Uh, you're going to... You didn't even get to the Leonard Nimoy one. You're going to be... Leonard Nimoy's in one of these. <laughs> oh, one of his final roles is in Transformers 3. That's so upsetting. And, oh, just you, oh, just you wait until you get to the line of dialogue that he has. It's going to make your head spin. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. But... Oh, no. It's a Spock <laughs> line, isn't it? <laughs> is it something about needs of the many? <laughs> uh, maybe. Leonard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we'll get to that um so i i mean the first one i probably saw a bunch because uh, i was 18 when this came out and like you know 16 years is like it actually is kind of wild that it's already 16 years old it doesn't feel like it's been 16 years in a lot of ways but then in some ways when i watch this now culturally i'm like holy shit this is a different time and that's something totally. I think we'll talk about a lot as as we do. Joey reminded me a lot of watching it. Not the ex it's not the exact same as this by any means, but it reminded me a lot of how I felt when we rewatched Terminator Three for the podcast. Like yeah. a, a lot of the humor and jokes, I was like, oh, 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 did that? Did I ever think <laughs> hey, this was funny? I couldn't See, have. I can't, I can't remember. I um, I saw this movie three times in the theater. Oh, I was, yeah. I was I was really impressed. <laughs> I mean, I also was like fresh out of boot camp and like pretty high on on military. You know, ooh, ooh yeah. <laughs> this is like the, one of the first movies that came out that I went and saw um, in the theaters after that, and so uh, it was like the first military movie I'd seen after you know being brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have thoughts on that. We'll get into all these specifics in a bit, but I, yeah, I, I remember liking it well enough when it came out, you know, enough that I saw it a couple more times at home. Um, the music's really good, and it, that's still good. It's, you know, Steve... The sound, the sound is great. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Um, and obviously the visual effects were this big 
leap ahead at the time. It was kind of... Yeah. And even now, it's still... I mean, the effects themselves still look good. I don't think the movie itself necessarily looks that good from, like, a cinematography point of view. Um, no, there's kind of some... There's some weird... Yeah choices as far as like color and like shadows goes where like everyone looks so dirty all the time it's very crushed blacks <laughs> as well as a lot of just like black parts of the image and there's a lot of scenes where like characters are let they've almost got that way on shatner and star trek thing where it's just like a bit of light in the middle of their face and then there's like just darkness like at the top yeah, and the, bottom the of the goggles, frame the light goggles. Yeah. there's a lot of that going on so there's, there's numerous things to talk about but um needless to say uh I think that while I always recognise its faults, I think that they have become more pronounced. Um, I think part of it is that it was a different time. I think part of it is just that I've went from being, you know, still a teenager, effectively, to being a, a grown-ass man. And a lot of this stuff feels quite juvenile now. Um, so we'll get into all of it. We'll get into all of it. We'll start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get the spoilers, but we're here today to talk about Transformers from 2007, directed by Michael Bay, starring Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox. Although Megan Fox, well, she's technically the second character in the movie. She's actually, like, eighth in the character. Like, at the end in the credits, when like, the names were coming up, she's after the blonde lady, who's, like, the hacker. She's, like, after her. I'm like, what the hell? She's, like, the second lead. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's going on? Anyway uh so yes i mean I, I guess first things first did you get any enjoyment out of watching this again um no actually. <laughs> very blunt i like it um i yeah i uh i saw this movie three times in the theater i i really was impressed by it um i think i think the opening scene is still really good and that's a that's the hook right that's the thing you're like oh this is what this movie is going to look like and what it's going to be and it's very exciting. Like it shows off the special effects right up front, and you're like, "Wow, I've never seen this before. I'm totally into it." Um, but then, like, it's just too much. But <laughs> it's, it's too much of everything. Like everything's too fast. Everything's too choppy. Everything's too shaky. All the characters are super annoying. Um, <laughs> all, all the men are just so awful and sexist, and all the women are like incredibly beautiful. <laughs> like there's not an ugly woman in this movie. They're all like, or I shouldn't say ugly. I should say like, not supermodel. Yeah, even Simon's mom's got it going on. I mean, yeah, she looks all right, you know. Like she's, but boy, are her parents awful, or his parents? His parents, his yeah. parents are awful. Oh, they're so awful. And I know, I remember that they're even worse in the second movie. Yeah, I, I um, recall, yes. Yeah, I I watched the the first one three times, and I remember I I just. I, I was just so impressed. I had to go see it again. And I watched it when I, I do remember going to see the second movie and being so disgusted by the the vileness of the movie I watched that I retroactively hated the first one. Oh, yeah. Like, the second one's <laughs> even worse. Don't get me wrong. Like, out, out of the... I can't say out of the five because I've not seen the fifth one, but out of the four that I saw, like, I always remembered the first one being the best. And that's yeah. probably still true, <laughs> despite the fact that I'm going to be mostly negative. Um, yeah on this discussion i mean i agree with most of the things you just said there I, I, you know i don't actually like the opening scene that much like i don't know if i ever did because it's like it, it, it sort of obscures what's going on and i, I guess that it's trying to build up to the reveal of what the transformers actually look like and that's you know fair enough 
Um, but the things that I absolutely agree with you, and I always felt this way, and it was one of the reasons why I was so, like, thankful for Avatar in 2009, it was, like, action scenes where I can actually tell what's happening, because yeah. it's not just a mess of... And so, this is, like, a twofold thing. One is that the design of the Transformers themselves is too complex. They went so far with all the little bits and pieces and all of it mushing around when they're transforming. Part of the fun of Transformers is being able to see where the bits go. Like, so, so when you have to... I mean, I never really had that many Transformers. I sort of missed that boat. I was a little bit younger. But... The, the, yeah, the, we the, did in our house, but they were my brothers. Yeah, I had the Power Rangers Zords, which are kind of similar, you know, in essence. But the, the, the appeal was is that you could shift and move the parts and you understood where each part went to become the more humanoid version and then back to the truck or the car or whatever it was. Or the gun. <laughs> or the gun. Megatron with a gun. <laughs> in this movie well he was multiple things though because the, the 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 plane was definitely the most common one i think he was i'm pretty sure we had a gun <laughs> no the, the, that, that did exist but the, the most common one was the plane because mm. uh, he's both a plane and like a tank in this i think if i remember right but he he it's hard to keep track he like it's not he sorry like the designs are so overly complex that when they're transforming i get no satisfaction it's the same thing uh, see the Iron Man movies, right? See when they switch to like, oh, it's just nanobots now and it just kind of like goes over his body. I'm like, this is so much less satisfying than mechanical parts all clicking into place. Like, that's satisfying. Like, seeing it like go onto his body and all click together, that's satisfying. It's, it's tactile. But when it's just nanobots like spreading like magic up his body, it's it's like, I don't know, it just looks like CG, right? It's kind of a similar thing here. Even, as good as the effects are when they're just sort of standing around or, or whatever... The the actual transformations themselves are just a mess of parts, and not in like a not in like a Tetsuo the Iron Man. Oh, this is kind of cyberpunk kind of way, <laughs> but just in a there's just so much going on you can't see what's happening. And then you add that into the action scenes. Whenever the Transformers are fighting, like not only are they a mess of parts, that's it's hard to like distinguish you can't tell between who's who. Yeah, you can distinguish between them, but then on top of that. You've got choppy editing that is insistent on cutting every two seconds. It's constantly shaky cam. Like, it's determined. It, for a movie that's supposed to be all about the spectacle, it's almost like Michael Bay thinks he's too... It's, it's almost like he wants to pretend that he's too cool to actually relish in it. So he constantly is, like, obscuring it and, like, pushing the camera away as much as he possibly can. And you feel it in every yeah. single fight scene with the Transformers. It feels like the movie... It wants to just not focus on it in a way that's really. But that's frustrating. what we're there for, right? Like that's yeah. We're, we're there to see the, the, the that's the, that's what they that's why they open with it, right? They open with the with the helicopter that all of a sudden like turns into a thing, a monster, <laughs> and it's. I think that scene is, uh, you know, it, it's it, it like really sets the stage of like this is what you're going to expect, and I do find that scene still like is pretty good. Not everything holds up, you know, but. I still think that transformation, that first one, is really good. The cop car one, I think, is pretty good. There's, like, a really good shot of it once. Uh, or even when it's, like, flying out and then turns mm. into a cop car, it's pretty good. But then everything in the second act, after we've met all of the characters and all of the bad guys, everything just becomes a mesh of parts that I just don't enjoy watching. And, uh, yeah, this was definitely a complaint I had even the first time I watched it. Um, I remember the first time thinking that Optimus Prime just beheaded uh, Megatron in like the middle of the movie. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> I, it's, I was yeah, wrong. It was a... <laughs> one of the other five but Decepticons. Tell the yeah. You know, because like every all the bad ones are like the same color gray, like 
or taupe, like beige gray. Yeah. You know, I mean, they even they even distinct. they even have Starstream in there, who's also a jet like Megatron. He's just a bit smaller, so there's a couple yeah. of times where it's hard to tell which one you're looking at. unless they start talking and it tells you in their subtitles like who it is. It's really hard to tell which one's which, and those two are the same. In fact, most of the, the villains are similar colors uh, as well. At least the Autobots have some splashes of color to give you <laughs> to give yeah. you a hint of which one's which. Although why they picked Ratchet, or at least gave Ratchet the same color practically as Bumblebee, I'll never know. Like, why is there two yellow ones? This is just simple Power Rangers color coding. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get, get, give them something else. So, yeah, the action is just very unsatisfying because you can't really follow anything. Um, you know, I, I, will, I will add on to... Um, there was something else you said I wanted to Actually, another final point on this, like, the everything being too choppy and the, like, the edits having to be every couple of seconds. It's got ADD, the way it's edited. Uh, there's a moment in this that I don't think I ever noticed before. See the first time... We're still spoiler-free here, but I don't think this is spoilery. This is uh, the first time you see Bumblebee kind of standing up, right? He's sending a signal to, like, the other Autobots in space. And he's sort of like, shooting a beam of light into the sky. And the camera follows it up. And I don't think I ever noticed, and the reason why I never noticed this until this viewing is because the camera cuts away so quick that you have to really be, like, eagle-eyed and paying attention to catch it. But the light he's shooting up, actually, it's like a bat signal on the cloud where you see, like, the, uh, the Autobots logo, right, as if it's the bat signal. But it cuts away so quick that it's just one of those things where I'm like, just hold that shot for, like, two more seconds just to, like, let us sink into the audience and let us feel the spectacle of it, you know? It's, it's kind of like, um... I think something I'd compare this to a lot, th- th- to point out what it gets so wrong, is Jurassic Park. Imagine that first scene in Jurassic Park where they see the dinosaur, and like they're looking up and on, and it's, you know, it's all majestic. There's nothing majestic in this movie. Like, everything's like, <laughs> boom, 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 we got to cut around, we got to cut around. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean, there's... I mean, people make that complaint about the Godzilla film, too. The Godzilla reboot. Um, but it works there. I don't know. Like I, I, I never was upset about that. You know how it's trying well, to hide the monster. The but whole yeah, but that, that that's like playing it in like a. That was a very intentional thing in that movie. It was going for this kind of like this like larger than life horror that we can't comprehend. So it's like you don't really get a full proper look at him until the, you know the big final. But the, the final fight at the end when he's fighting the monsters is very easy to follow. Right, you, oh, yeah, you, totally, you can see yeah. it. You know, it makes sense. You understand it. It's basically withholding the payout. With Transformers, though, we're going to be getting these Transformers throughout the whole movie. So, that, like, once you've revealed them to begin with, like, you know, p- you know, shows the money shots, right? You know, the first time Bumblebee, like, sort of transforms in front of them, and it's, it should be a big moment because he sort of transforms in front of the two lead characters and stands up in a sort of fighting pose in front of them. And I'm like, oh, this feels like it should be a badass moment because he's, like, he's sort of, like, making it clear that he's there to protect them. And, like, this is, like, a big bonding moment, but also a big epic sort of visual of him, like, and his fighting pose. But the camera kind of like goes down and just fo- focuses on the humans, and you don't really get to like bask in like the the epicness of it. Instead, it's kind of like oh, that's happening off frame, but we're too cool to focus on that. We're gonna we're gonna go into the you know the dirty humans because everyone's dirty <laughs> in this movie. It's like, a, it's like a Rob Zombie movie for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just a trend, right? Everything's super oily. Yeah, I feel like Michael Bay in this movie because of all of his humor and all of his unnecessary characters he was given it's not and again I'm not saying his films are the same as what I'm about to compare him to but I felt very similar watching this to what I feel like when I'm watching a Zack Snyder movie and I feel like uh, I'm seeing a lot of the director's indulgence like in the movie like a lot of things that yeah. he just cares about and likes 
it's just a lot of it and there's so many characters in this that could be cut out of the movie and you would lose nothing like the first hour especially between the military all of whom don't need to be in the movie <laughs> the hackers all of whom which don't need to be in the movie they can all be cut because I, I was i was looking at the clock as i was watching the first hour and there's a point where you leave sam like plot who's like maybe the lead character that sort of you know meets the autobots and all the rest of it and he's like oh, he's got a crush on michaela played by megan fox and they're setting all that up we leave that for like 20 minutes at one point just to do like all this other stuff where there's a robot hacking air force one and i'm like all of this we don't need to see any of this we see if we just followed sam and we just followed his story of meeting the autobots and then maybe like when john totoro shows up with team seven or sector seven that's when we sort of bring the military or the government into it that would be fine like we don't need yeah, to see all this need, we don't need a is it josh demal we no we don't need him and his team there and it's basically just because michael bay loves doing military porn he loves doing he shots really of the helicopters does, yeah. and the slow walking with the sunset behind them and uh, American flags. American flags. Don't forget the flag. And just really dumb jokes uh, sprinkled in as well. Yeah. Uh, He's going for that, like, uh, like that dumb, really simple uh, humor. Like, but it it all comes off as like, well, that's really dumb. Like, I don't know. Like, nothing about the about the dialogue feels smart or real. Or like the way people talk there's a lot Even of in the military you know i have some experience there oh yeah i mean <laughs> it's mili- all about like yeah like i'm a man macho right <laughs> yeah macho oh i'm gonna talk to my kid oh <laughs> i don't know it's all stupid yeah the military characters like felt unnatural to me there's there like a really four stroke at one point when they're in a battle in the middle in the desert and uh just amal is making a phone call he's trying to like because at this point the government don't know if they're alive because they think everyone who was in the opening part of the movie died and they've survived and he's trying to contact his government and they're in qatar i think they said and he he's phoning this guy and there's this just joke where there's all this action going on and like he's online with an operator who's like no sir we need a credit card blah 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 and it's this running gag that plays throughout the scene and that's all stupid and it really just feels like a dumb four-stroke anyway. But the bit that really bugged me is at the end of it all when he's trying to get a, a credit card from his buddy, uh, played by uh, Tyrese Gibson. Um, he's like, where's your... And Tyrese Gibson's too busy shooting at something. So he's like, where's your credit card? He's like, it's in the back pocket. He's like, you got a lot of back pockets. like, left cheek, left cheek, left cheek. And he says it like four times and it just felt so forced as a joke. Because it, it's meant to sound, you know... Because he's not the only one who has dialogue like that. Like, oh, yeah, know, yeah. The mom or the dad, like, kind of talk like that, too. Or they, they just repeat things over and over again. Like, it's going to be funny on the fifth time. Oh, even Shia. Like, the amount of times Shia in this movie goes, no, 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 no. Like, he does that constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, I don't... That, that stuff I don't mind as much. You know, when when the movie came out, like... He was sort of the the cute kid on the rise from a Disney Channel show that my sister used to watch a lot called Even Stevens. And Mm. honestly, like, he was the reason to watch that show. He was great in it. He was just one of those, like, oh, that's, like, a really good child actor. So I was kind of excited to see him in this. And, like, I I didn't see Holes when that came out. So this was, like, the the movie for him, you know? I think for me, just, like, his character specifically just never shuts up. Like, he just keeps talking. You know, yeah. they, they feel like they have to fill every moment yeah. of silence with him trying to be funny. I don't think that I'm annoyed by him, though. I, but I do remember the second movie thinking he does the nose a lot. Like, mm. this was cute in the first movie, so we're going to... Now it's going to be your thing. That's your shtick. 
Yeah. Actually, I shouldn't say, I said he's trying to be funny. I shouldn't phrase it like that, because he's not actually trying to be funny. The writers are trying to be funny yeah. by using him as an idiot. I think he's okay idea. in this, you know? I think he's probably, like, one of the stronger characters or actors in the film. But, like, the... It's it's not something that's gonna last. Uh, well, I think <laughs> I know that part part of my problem with like him and Michaela. I mean, there's oodles of problems with it, but mm. one of them is that he is very unlikable as a character in the sense that he, yes. he he keeps doing things and saying things that are very unnatural. Like no human would act like what he does most of the time, and. It's really weird how there's like multiple scenes where Michaela will just ignore something he says that's kind of dodgy or weird or like uh, you should get out of the car. <laughs> like yeah, there's just there's lots of moments where he'll shout something and she just won't hear him until he drives up next to her and it's like I don't know. There's just there's a lot of moments and the first time sure maybe she's trying to ignore him because she doesn't know who it is yet and she just thinks it's some weirdo or something whatever. But there's multiple times like after the car breaks down. And, and then he gets it working again, and he drives up, he's, like, screaming, No! Where? Where? Michaela! And I'm like, how are you not hearing that? You're, like, ten feet away. <laughs> like, you've not walked that far. There's just Surely lo- she can hear the engine rev up yeah, also. Yeah, <laughs> there's just, there's a lot of just weird little things where the characters don't react in any kind of natural way, just mm-hmm. for the sake of, like, the, the, the humour, quote-unquote, that the movie's going for, where they want them yeah. to, like, react to specific lines, but ignore everything before that point, or whatever. And then the other problem with these characters, and this is something that this is the first time I've watched it thinking about this. But um, Lindsay Ellis, who's a who at least was a YouTuber, I don't think she does that anymore. But she had a great like analysis of this movie and about how how Michaela is actually should be the lead character because she's the one that has an arc. She's the one who has a sympathetic like backstory, and she's the one who's proactive. And I was noticing it as I was watching it this time throughout the yeah, movie. But she's got abs. She constantly, <laughs> like, she tries to fix the car. Later on, when Sam's in danger, she finds a tool and fights off the little Transformer. Later on, she's the one making choices, helping, like, Transformers to fight. Sam is just constantly, like, yelling and reacting to things and never actually thinks of a solution to anything. She's constantly being proactive and doing things. And the way he reacts, like, there's a, I won't get into it yet because we're not in spoilers, but, like, there's a, part of her backstory that's brought up like like halfway or so through the movie and he reacts to it like such a dickhead <laughs> that i'm like you should never like like no don't don't fall for this guy because you're the love interest and he's the main character he shouldn't be the main character i mean no human should be the main character that's a whole separate argument though uh, but like even just in the context of the characters that were given she's the one that actually does things and like she she's also the straight man as well which makes her as a, as a viewer she's inherently more likable because she's not constantly talking and saying stupid shit she's actually yeah. reacting in a human way and it's like you know what you're not like a great character and megan fox isn't a great actress but you're actually coming off as a sensible enough human being when you're surrounded by all these wacky cartoon characters and some of them are really similar like early on they go to the used car place and like bernie Mac's whole joke is that he's yelling at his grandmother really loud later on when we were interested anthony anderson was his joke he yells at his grandmother (laughs) that is another like hugely problematic part of this film it's just like all black people are exactly the same in this and it's like michael bay only knows one stereotype and that's what he's going for and even like the uh you know the problematic transformers kind of acting the same way too like uh-huh. god like you really this, this movie is just so dated in an ugly way yeah i mean even there's like a hispanic guy on the the military squad 
who has one running gag is that he likes to speak in Spanish and then everyone else complains that they can't speak Spanish. And that's his whole thing. Until he... Yep. Well, I won't say that. <laughs> I don't spoil it yet. He's a minor... He's like a super minor character, right? He's a nothing yeah. character. <laughs> Uh, his 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 demise is. Uh, you do not care about his character. <laughs> no, it's not relevant to the film. Um, yeah, this, yeah, too many characters, and because uh, I think there's like multiple ways to like approach the critiques of this movie. I think some of the critiques are saying, okay, based on what they've put in the movie, here's critiques to make it better and function as a movie. And then there's critiques of like, well, these are choices that you should have never made in the first place because you're adapting Transformers, and. I think the key thing that I would get to, and I understand why they feel they need to put like a human in the center of the plot, but there's a scene towards the end of the second act, start of the third act, where it's the, it's the, it's the, to me it's the most interesting scene in the whole movie, because it's the Transformers, they're, they're around, like, uh, and specifically the Autobots, they're the good, the good Transformers. If you don't know Transformers, the good ones are called Autobots, the bad ones are called Decepticons, right, you're caught up. Right? <laughs> the Autobots, led by Optimus Prime, are standing up in the, the observatory in their... And they're basically just having a conversation with themselves, uh, talking about why they should save Earth, why they should care about human beings, and why this should be their fight. And Optimus is like saying, for multiple reasons, no, we're honourable, humans don't deserve this, we have to save them, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into specifics when we're on spoilers, but that, that's kind of the, the fundamental thing in the car. And all I could think watching this scene is, like, this is by far the most interesting scene in the movie, because this is the one scene, there's no humans, it treats them like characters, because this is the thing. I get why you have to have humans in a Godzilla movie because you can't really just have Godzilla be the protagonist. But Godzilla o- doesn't speak. Yes, but Optimus Prime does speak. He's a leader, and he's talking here about how he's like, we can't let Earth pay for the mistakes of our people. Like we have to like step in and do something. See if you made a movie about Optimus, like sort of like coming to Earth to be like, okay, this is the story of him and finding a new home and wanting to fight for other people to like make up for his mistakes and to make up for like the the wars that he's already lost and he's got these regrets. Like you, you could build a whole character arc around that. You, you could make a movie oh, yeah, about like, that, like the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's well, an insane you, idea. You get, you get the. Uh... You know the same voice actor to do Optimus yeah. Prime. And he's so good. He is know? very like, good. That that voice is incredible, and even with the dialogue in this film, like it just works so well. Yeah, I mean, it is a shame they have him say things like "my bad" when he steps on yeah, something. That's like true. there's some stupid that, moments, that but happen. but no, he's great. Like by and large, the voice acting from him is like that. That's one of the things that makes the movie work. Like you had the music, you had him doing the voice, and that was enough to make you go, "I think I'm into yeah, this." When he does show up the, for the first time, it does feel special. Yeah, yeah absolutely like yeah we we got bumblebee and some really cool transformer like scenes but when optimus shows up it does feel good like oh yeah. this is this is good this is uh <laughs> finally something showing up and that and that's an hour of the movie i swear if you cut out the military subplot you cut all the hackers and like all the john voice stuff comedy. yeah all the comedy you cut all that out right that tr- first of all takes out like probably 45 to 50 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. um because Optimus Prime doesn't show up until about an hour in. If you take all that like subplot stuff out, he'll be he'll be in the movie in like fifteen minutes <laughs> for a start. And if you tidy up how it's shot so you actually like you know and can enjoy the action sequences, you'd have a pretty decent movie on your hands. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. The other thing I don't like about the film is I really like John Turturro as an actor, but this movie makes me wonder. Oh why. yeah. <laughs> I mean. I will say this, like, his character is terrible in this, but because he is so charismatic, there is a couple of moments where he almost makes me, like, 
crack a smile just because John Totoro is like he's he's oozing too much like energy and like the way he says things like except like, I, when he got the hots for the high school girl <laughs> that's the only line I'm like no stop it Michael no Bay. no I I. <sighs> I'd forgotten about this line. I didn't remember this, and it comes. It, and the weird thing about it is that this line of dialogue, like, there's no build up to it, and there's nothing after it that sort of refers, but like back to him. Like it is, a, is one line of dialogue on its own that is really overacted by him because he's trying to be funny. Um, you know, it's it's odd, yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that in spoilers because there's this context around it. Um, okay. so. Um, but like he he he's a very entertaining actor, and this is something the franchise will do. I remember like Francis McDermott's in the third one, you know, like they, it keeps bringing in like real actors, <laughs> people you love, and they're gonna make him do. We're going dance to ruin them. We're going to ruin these actors. Um, it, it's Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Uh, I'd say Hugo Weaving is the voice of Megatron, but let's be honest, he's pretty hammy <laughs> anyway. He's he fits. <laughs> Is he really? I didn't even recognize his voice. Yeah, I mean, he's like got like five lanes of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear a whole lot of him, but yeah, he's, he's, it's technically him. There was a mild controversy at the time because they brought Peter Cullen back, but they didn't bring the guy that did Megatron. Oh, I see. So the fans were upset about we gotta that. We got to get Elrond. <laughs> uh, what, not Agent Smith? Agent his most Smith. famous character. Yes. <laughs> this is, I don't know. I mean, this is also post the sequels for matrix so maybe people are probably still pretty high on lord of the rings in 2007 i know i was i mean it's 2007 i mean I, you know I was, oh god i just oh, i'm getting like flashbacks to the chihuahua and i'm getting flashbacks to just so many dumb things yeah there's i mean <laughs> there's so much this is probably the first movie that i really recognized all the product placement also oh <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it's thick and fat. <laughs> At one point, there's an Xbox 360, uh, and you hear the, the, the turn-on noise that it used to make. Yeah. Uh, you know, for people who remember what it was, because they changed it, like, halfway through the, the generation, but this was the first, like, half of the generation, the noise it made when it turned on. Mm -hmm. You actually hear that at one point. <laughs> well, I think that the reason the dog is in it is because they're Taco Bell commercials, and they one someone refers to the dog as a Taco Bell dog at one point but yeah there were talk about commercials where the little chihuahua that would speak and it would just your kid would talk about it was the only thing it, said. <laughs> it would just walk up to people and say your kid would talk about <laughs> uh, well i you know culturally i you know taco bell didn't exist here at the time so i never uh yeah. saw these commercials but it didn't I have a cast on its leg which i felt really bad for the dog having to work with that <laughs> <laughs> work with a big fake boot on it <laughs> Yeah, I, I, let's just say spoilers. I, I, I don't know what more I want to say. I want to just go, there's so, I have so many things I want to say about moments and scenes. Okay. There's one product placement scene that I like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the movie starts with the best thing about it, which is Peter Cullen's voice. Mm-hmm. And I think we realize this is, oh, we have to put a little tease of him at the start, because it's a long time before we're going to actually hear him properly. So we get a little, like, before time began, there was <laughs> the cube. Which, yeah, you know. it's not terrible. What, my impression? Usually, yeah, usually you only have one voice, but yeah, it kind of works. Oh, okay. I mean, it's I not. Mean, 
you're at like a three percent, but you're on the right track. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> my name is Optimus Prime. No, okay, I'm done. Um, so he, uh, he 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 gives us a bit of a tease of the plot, the MacGuffin, which is the cube, the all spark. Uh, you know. I remember when Avengers came out, just kind of chuckling because it reminded me so much of the this movie with the cube. Yeah, not the rest mm-hmm. of it, but the the, the, the the MacGuffin in that was also a cube. I kept thinking of the uh, mother boxes. Oh sure, sure. Well, not when you More saw this, or- I suppose. Yeah, but not when you saw this originally, though, right? Oh yeah, I yeah didn't have anything to compare it to then. Yeah, it's just a cube. Well, I mean, the mother boxes did exist in comics then, but I'm just assuming you weren't like a hardcore like DC reader who knew what a mother no. box was. I only knew what they were when I watched the Zack Snyder films. Oh, <laughs> it pains me. It pains me so, Tara. And also the Joss uh, Whedon version. That's also not that pleasurable. No. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get the military first, and it's quite an extensive sequence of like, you know, the men coming back to base and then this rogue helicopter comes in and obviously it's a Decepticon and it's, it's kind of treated like a, a monster movie scene where it, it sort of transforms up. And I, I think what was bugging me, there was a lot of like attempts to make the dialogue sound cool in this. And I think that's, that's, that's Michael Bay's big thing is that he's obsessed with things being cool. I remember, and I like The Rock, the movie The Rock, right? It's a really fun movie. Like Michael Bay has made some decent, like fun yeah. action movies. Um, but I, I remember when it came out. I remember, like, his reason for wanting to shoot the big, like, finale thing on Alcatraz was just like, oh, it's effing cool. But that was his whole reason. And I'm like, that tells me a lot about your direction. That is, yeah, absolutely <laughs> the kind of movie he makes. He just, like, I just want to be cool. Yeah. I want my movies to be cool. I'm going to put cool men in it in cool uniforms. <laughs> and there's going to be a bunch of explosions. <laughs> yeah. It probably doesn't help that the script for this is by Artsy and Kurtzman, who are just a plague upon the industry. <laughs> what can we do? <laughs> oh, dear. You know, you get Star Trek into Darkness. You got the amazing Spider Man 2 under their belt, as well as these Transformers movies. You know, they've been turning out just. Thankfully, they broke up, so maybe that's diminished their power a little bit. Although hey. Kurtzman's still doing Star Trek stuff. Yeah, I know. <sighs> so a little sad by that, as you should. People like Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds is good. Strange New Worlds, but you know, Broken Clock and all that. <laughs> broken Clock. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, but yeah, because at one point, like the the guy in charge is like telling choppers or jets to go out and like see what this chopper's all about. And instead of just saying, oh, there's a, uh, you know, unidentified chopper that's not responding, like, he says something like, there's a bogey into something, something, and it's then, it's not hollering, or, or not, no, it wasn't hollering, it was something stupid, because hollering at least makes sense. It was, uh, it was a lot of slang, there was like a lot of military, thick military slang yeah. to try and sound cool. And I'm like... A lot of acronyms. Yeah, I'm like, sure, surely it was just easier to just say it in English. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you need terms for certain things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying you explain it like I would, where you'd go, "Oh, there's a helicopter, you know, out here that's uh, kind of scary." Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we need to sound like the military, so we're going to like say a bunch of shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of jargon in it, and I, I don't think I kept up with it either. So, <laughs> yeah. So, lots of destruction. 
Uh, it sets up the one thing that's meant to make you care about Josh Duhamel's character, which is that he's got a little girl baby that he's not seen before. He's not met her yet because she, she was born mm-hmm. when he was away in the military. We all need to sympathize with him because he's a new father who might to never see his daughter. Model wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does say we made a good looking baby to her. Yeah, well, they're both very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's so funny because when you see them use phones in this, you're like, oh, man, that's how long ago this franchise started is that they're all like Nokia phones and stuff. It's, you know, it's, there's no smartphones yet. It's just right before that happened. So th- yeah. we're not right there, quite there. Mm-hmm. A lot of that going on. Yeah. Which, oh, that actually reminds me. One of the worst things John Totoro actually says in this movie is for no reason when he's showing them what the energy of the Allspark can do and he, he gets the phone and puts it in the little box, he's like, ah, Nokia, those Japanese are sick. They are the way of the samurai. And he just, like, really overdoes it. And then, like, obviously one of our characters is like, Nokia's from, like, Finland. <laughs> or yeah. Swedish. One of, you know, somewhere in uh, Scandinavia. Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the exact uh, location, but... Uh, it's just, again, it's one of these really weird, random, like, quirky... You like John Turturro? The movie will test you. <laughs> uh, there. I don't know. I, I, did, I, I did kind of enjoy a little bit of his first appearance, where he, he just comes into the house, and, like, he's got such a way he asserts himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got, he's smug. Yeah, he's got a smugness that I, I, I can enjoy to a point. Um, Until he gets pissed on. <laughs> yeah, Bumblebee lubricates on him. It's the worst. It's the worst <laughs> scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Just what? when things couldn't get worse. I know. And I know this it is... gets topped at one point with, with balls, but we got a, a, a trans... A Transformer? Auto, Autobot. Autobot, okay pissing on a human with its oil can well that's just a sad part is that the entrance into the movie's you know relatively decent and epic with the autobots coming down to earth and all that and then it ruins it with all the sneaking around the house hijinks but they're all like hiding and like stepping in shit and ironhide wants to why not just kill the dog outside <laughs> which the is street which is basically cars. what they end up doing it's all just hijinks <laughs> for the sake of hijinks yeah uh, so dumb and then the pissing, and then it's like, oh, now we need to take them seriously again. You know, we, we stopped to have them joke around for, like, 20 minutes, and now it's time to take them seriously again. But, uh, yeah. Uh, since we're on the John Tutorial introduction stuff, uh, yeah, when he when he arrests them all and takes them out of the car, he reveals that Megan Fox's father is in prison, and he's up for parole soon for Grand Theft Auto. And that she has a juvie record because she would often be there with them, which is not really her fault. And immediately, like, Sam just is like, you're a criminal? You're a criminal. <laughs> yeah, and he even makes, like, a, a snappy comment when they get outside the car when she's, like, they're handcuffing them when the Autobots help them out, and they're handcuffing John Totoro, and he's like, oh, you're good with handcuffs as well now, I see. Like, why are you being such a... Th- she was a child! Her father took her on criminal activity. It's not her fault. <laughs> yeah. Why are but you being such like, a child? saved her life after you've dragged her into this, like, scene of mass murder. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, John Totoro just randomly when he's explaining all this, he's like, uh, you know, you've got a record. You you were you you were in juvie. You're a criminal. And then for no reason, he just sort of looks at her and goes, "Criminals are huts." Yeah, that's such, ugh, gross. I'm like, <laughs> this is a teenager. Is in high school. 
I mean, the actress isn't really, but you know, and in, in the movie she's in high yeah, school. Yeah, I know, but like after, I don't know. I've I've watched like interviews and stuff with uh, with Megan Fox and how like she was sort of pushed through the Hollywood system as like we just need more sex appeal. Just constantly make her hotter. Like that's the only thing that she was there for. And I know she's not like the greatest actress, but I do kind of feel bad like for her because she's. It's definitely not something that she. Like, if you watch her in interviews, she gets so uncomfortable when people want to talk about how hot she is. And it's always men, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Her, obviously. I mean, I mean that's, that's the I, thing. I, I don't know. I feel... I, I do... I shouldn't feel bad for people who are, like, you know, that well, successful. Uh, look, but, but, like, she had to deal with that. But, but, but look, at, look at the scene where, like, Sam, like, he gets his car and he goes to see her and she ends... The car, like... But, oh, I say it breaks down. Bumblebee intentionally breaks down to try and give them like alone time to because he's rooting for for sam to make a move or something apparently and she's like pop the hood and she goes out and she's you know she's looking at them and she's clearly knows what she's talking about and he the, the, so the scene is in any other movie right what should happen in this scene is that she knows her stuff about cars and he goes oh that's i didn't know you were like an expert that's kind of cool right and maybe they'd bond maybe he'd like you know learn something about her and whatever right instead when she's explaining this the two things i remember about this scene is one a shot of her abs and then a shot of him hiding behind the bonnet of the car going like this (laughs) (laughs) and for the audio listeners i i bit my fist yeah yeah that's what he does like this is this is the part of the movie where it's revealing that she actually has a character and she has interests and she can do things and the movie's kind of meta huh <laughs> and all the movie's doing is saying look at how hot she is she is <laughs> the, honestly the the only sex related joke in this movie that i thought didn't feel forced is when ratchet the medical autobot brings up his pheromones and says and it's not a great joke don't get me wrong i'm not going to defend it that much but he says, oh, due to his pheromones, it suggests that he wants to mate with the female. And then they just kind of look awkward. I actually think that in a vacuum, if, if the rest of the movie played them like normal human beings, that joke could actually be quite funny on its own. <laughs> because, because sure. of course he does, right? <laughs> He's got the hots for her. That makes sense. And if he was acting like a normal human being, this could actually be an intentionally kind of sweet, awkward moment because obviously the Autobot doesn't care about human intimacy. You know, he's just, he's not awkward about it. He's not Bumblebee. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that, and I'm being generous to that because everything else, absolutely everything, um, like, you know, they've accepted to get back into Bumblebee after they know he's an Autobot, but he's defended them enough so they go back into the car. And she doesn't want to sit in the the driver's seat because it's weird because Bumblebee's driving. And he's like, maybe you should sit in my lap. Uh, And she's like, why? Well, there's only one seatbelt. Safety first. No. (laughs) 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 Bumblebee, can you drop me off here in this tunnel? (laughs) And... uh, And of course, because it's uh, the movie. I would feel safer hitchhiking at that point. It's a movie made <laughs> by someone who has the mind of a fourteen-year-old boy, so she says yes, and then compliments them that that was a smooth tactic. No, it wasn't. <laughs> See, I, if I, any uh, self car or self-driving car you can trust is probably one with a mind like Bumblebee. All I could think was Here's like. Why don't you just sit, tell him to sit in the driver's seat then? Like, yeah. Because he clearly doesn't care. Boy, I didn't even think about that. 
you know because that's what they do when they get back in he just sits in the driver's seat uh and i don't know maybe, maybe if he... i do so i i do like the part where you know she says oh why why is he choosing to look like this piece of crap and then like bumblebee goes away and <laughs> that's a sideways scan of another what charger or something i, I I think that's what it is. And it I comes got, back. But they play the Kill Bill song and it's in like the yellow with the black stripe. I'm like, all right, I'm mm. into that. I'm into that that song in this moment where it's clearly calling back to Kill Bill for that. Is that a Camaro? Was a Camaro also a Dodger? Or those different things? Uh, maybe the the former car was a Camaro. But okay. That, that wasn't Dodge, was it? It was a, it's a Chevy. It's not the Chevy thing. I don't know. I don't speak car. Okay, so that's fine. It was a pretty yellow car that I would never drive because they're too <laughs> Well, where we're on uh, just Michaela and Shia moment, or Michaela and Sam Whitwicky moments, um, you know, she's hiding in his room, the parents come in. Uh, I guess this will naturally lead on to the parents, which we'll talk more about them in a minute. But um, And we have the whole conversation uh, about, were you masturbating? And... The, the, the humor here is supposed to be the dad's like, no, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't just say that in front of him. Like, that's, that's a father's son. Did you son. hear my eyes roll there? I, I, I could. I could <laughs> I could sense it. Uh, maybe we could call it your special Sam time. Oh, my God. They're so awful. The, <laughs> they're not even, like, cringe awful. Like, oh, parents, gross. No. They're like, no, they're, they're, these are not real human beings. They are not. No. Uh, like... Like every, everything that comes out of their mouth is, uh, you know, it's not even just the parents, even his teacher at the start. To go, so go back to the start, we're first introduced to Sam. He's given like a, sh- a show and tell thing in like history class. And we get some important MacGuffin backstory, which is his grandfather found Megatron in the ice. I mean, he doesn't say that in the opening scene because he didn't know that part. But he was, you know, sailing through the Antarctic or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But he's got these artifacts and then one of them is the MacGuffin that leads to the other MacGuffin. It doesn't matter, right? Just <laughs> roll with it. <laughs> all this stupid this is so much plot for a transformers movie the decepticons are here to take over earth the autobots show up and save us because they're heroes the end that's that's your plot why why is it all this stupid shit about finding the glasses on ebay and i don't know (laughs) but yeah like even the, the, the like there's so much stuff in this scene where sam is like trying to sell this stuff and he says this is for my car fund which First of all, that's really weird, and you're going to get bullied for trying to do that. And two, <laughs> we find out after this that he's already made the half of the money that he needs for his car anyway, because his dad's paying for the other half. He just needed to get the A, which also he talks his teacher into upping his grade. And, he, and I assume, given the teacher's attitude, he just gave him an A minus so he'd shut up and leave him alone. That, but you don't. I. I was not convinced by his speech. Nor was I. There's actually a few times in this movie where it cuts away before you get to see like another character's reaction to something where it feels like we should see them reacting to show that they've decided something based on what they said. But instead it just cuts away from the character who was trying to convince them. And it's like they've already made a choice. You know, it's, it's, like there's a lot of times it feels like it skips over an essential like moment where the character is in the receiving end of a speech or a motivation actually gets sure. to react to it. it that happened repeatedly because i was noticing it as i was watching it i yes i mean the, the only realistic thing his dad maybe does is drives him out of the porsche garage just, just 
starts to give him a second where he thinks he's getting a Porsche. And I'm like, how rich do you think your parents are, Sam? I don't know. That house looked pretty nice. Oh, yeah. I had but, a fountain. I mean, that, that's movie real estate nonsense, though, because that's all... That, that How many movies and TV shows the characters own houses that they can no, in no way could they afford? That's, like, constant. <laughs> The famous example is the apartment in Friends. It's like, this is like a like a big apartment in New York City. This thing should cost... Yeah. I mean, it's, at least Jerry Seinfeld was like, you know, a celebrity. Yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> but how's Kramer affording the one across the hall? Well, that's a constant joke in the show. Too. Yeah. True, that's true, that's true. Uh, I'm just using that as the example, but yeah, like... Yeah, it's a constant thing. It's George you gotta wonder about. <laughs> Uh, he well, we see him at his job. He's got, he's got. Uh, you know, we always see him getting. Fandalay Industries. <laughs> no Fandalay. There's, there's a lot. There's a good at least like season, if not more, where he's unemployed. Oh, true. Just yeah. looking for work. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole season where he's trying to sell a TV show about him and Jerry to uh, <laughs> NBC. <laughs> to Bob Alaban. <laughs> to Bob Balaban, That's right. <laughs> and then one of my favorite Hollywood names. Yeah, and George uh, compliments uh, his daughter's chest and gets caught. And <laughs> Wait, let's talk about this more. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seinfeld's really good, which is why I think we're naturally <laughs> gravitating over to it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, there's so much setup to all this shit. There's a whole scene where the little boombox transformer is on Air Force One and is like, running around the, the plane to try and hack into the military like network and hide from super hot ladies hide from super hot ladies who have to get the presents some ding dongs yeah i thought i when john voice showed, showed up i'm like oh he's the president but he's not he's like secretary of state or something oh no the president we only see his feet and the obscure his face and i feel like they're probably yeah they're trying to do bush they're trying to do bush but i thought he said more like Clinton. uh it was 2007, so yeah, it would have been George Bush. I mean, no, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely Bush they're going for, but like, it, it sounded more like a Clinton impression to me. But mm-hmm. yeah. No, it was, they were definitely going for Texan over Alabama, but they are very close to each other. I think they're next to each other. <laughs> um, I don't know. I drove through both of them, but I don't remember. But he wants the thing, order. He wants dongs. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird, because like, Michael Bay loves his military porn and clearly loves all that stuff. But at the same time, there is a couple of snipes in this. Like, at one point, a character says, I will bet my, you know, obscene government salary that this uh, is going to happen soon. And I'm like, that almost feels like Michael Bay's trying to be mildly political. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he loves, like, all the all the military stuff the rest of the time that I'm not even sure. <laughs> well, they're off defending our country. Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, so And also this is post nine eleven where everybody's pretty hyped on like the military. <clears throat> mm. So we're introduced to his parents. Uh we're introduced to Sam having the hearts for Michaela and he's got every you know, he's like, I've got a car now, great. Now I need a girl. So he goes <laughs> Got a checklist. <laughs> yeah. Actually I don't want to skip over the used car thing too too quickly because I mean, Bernie Mac's got his sense of humor and whatever, and like, or the rating. I really like Bernie Mac, or, you know, I did Rest in Power. But yeah. he's, uh, but yeah, in this, it was just too, uh, it's just too much. Yeah, I've been no ill will towards like him as an actor. I, I just mean like the character well, he was really in this funny, movie. Yeah, for sure, but not in this movie. Uh, 
I actually don't... Because I always remembered how this scene ends, because it has that joke ending where Bumblebee makes all of the other cars, like, all their windows shatter. Should be should be a big deal, right? It should be a big deal. And Bernie Mac turns around and kind of gives in to the price that they want. He's like, 4,000! Right? He turns around and kind of shot goes, 4,000! And all I could think was, why do you think all these window smashing has got anything to do with the fact that you were negotiating with these guys about this car? Because... Like, why would you correlate the two together? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I was thinking, okay, well, now it's his only car that he can sell. <laughs> so you true. better sell it. But also, doesn't that make the value of the one car you have go up? I, I do like, though, that the acknowledges he has no idea where the car came from and just kind of has to pretend that he knows its value. <laughs> that, that felt like a natural, like, used, like, I can imagine a used car salesman finding a car. He's like, I don't remember having this. I'll sell it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> could be some guy like just parked it there to go grab some chips or <laughs> yeah uh so he gets a car he takes his friend he's got a, like sam's got a friend character who you only see twice in the whole movie and the first time is when he goes to the lake party and his friend for no reason that i can discern starts to claim a tree i like that i like that character <laughs> he's the best character in the movie <laughs> Don't say that. He's great. He's just like, there's a tree. I'm going to climb. <laughs> he's not quite at the, like, you know, he's the same age as Sam, but he's not like girl crazy. So he's just still doing his kid which, thing. You which, know? Is I like that. which is ridiculous because it's all like 21 year olds playing teenagers. So he looks, he looks like a college student, but he's not, he's not old enough yet to I'd be, be at the girls. Like, Whoa, did you just climb that tree? Ah, <laughs> uh, does this... I got this feeling that Michaela... Obviously, she feel, feels bad that Sam's a little bit bullied by her d- douchebag boyfriend, who, by the way, disappears after this scene to, and never comes yeah. back. Because uh, it really feels like they're setting him up to like be the butt of a joke in the third act. That's what it feels like, and he never comes back for whatever that's, reason. That's okay. There's far too many characters in this movie. That, that is absolutely true. <laughs> that is absolutely true. But... You know, we kind of mentioned that, you know, he off- Sam offers her a ride home after she has a fight with her boyfriend, and did you notice the air freshener that says, uh, Biotch and Bumblebee? I noticed the Bumblebee. I didn't notice what it said. It's even worse now that you've heard what it said. I hate it? it. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> You're a human being with taste. Of course you hate it. Uh... And he's so excited he had a girl in his car, and it goes relatively well. Uh, and, you know, she obviously clearly doesn't like that when he's picked on. But see when he's chasing uh, the car, or he's running away from the car, right? He's running away from Bumblebee, because Bumblebee leaves to go send a message. He sees it transform. He freaks out. He goes to the cops. I want to talk about that scene in a minute, because I've got a lot of things to say about that. Uh, but he's chasing the car uh, on his mum's, like, pink bike, right? And they want the joke where he's riding the pink bike. And he, like, crashes and burns, like, right in front of Michaela. Michaela's at a Burger King with her friends. They're sitting eating Whoppers or whatever they're doing. <laughs> and he crashes the bike and lands in front of her. And it's just, it's just coincidence that she's there. And she's like, hey, Sam, uh, that was um, awesome. And I, I was like, what is this pity? What, why did you think he was doing something to impress you? Like, I, don't get me wrong. He's the idiot. He's the crazy, stupid loser in this movie. You're the more realistic person by this movie standards. But it feels, it feels like this doesn't feel like a love interest who might fall for this guy. This feels like someone who's looking at the main character like he's pathetic. I was going to say like mentally ill or something. Like, 
<laughs> like she, like she's like, oh, that's really awesome. Like you did that's a good really job. Awesome. You know? She delivers it like that's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> like he's a kid who's done something. Like he's given you the worst drawing ever, but you have to pretend you like it because they're a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's awesome, Sam. That was a cool stunt you just did. Yeah. The worst is that she like tries to follow him to see if he's okay, and when she's in the zone of danger, he jumps while she's on her. He moped. tackles her. He tackles her. Yeah, and puts her without wheels in front of a dangerous machine that's going to kill them both. <laughs> like, oh, if only I had some wheels to get away from this monster. So he's unlikable. He's unrealistic and just, like, annoying. He doesn't deserve the affection of the girl that he's pining after and constantly puts her in danger. <laughs> constantly needs to be saved by her. She, he's not he's saving toxic. her. I don't yeah. think he saves her once this whole movie. She's constantly saving his ass, which would be fine if you were doing, like, a... If that was the point, like, you know, Big Little Trouble in Little China where the main character thinks he's the main character, but he's not really, and that's kind of the joke. But that's not what the movie's doing. The movie wants you to take Sam Witwicky as the main character. He's meant to be yeah. your protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it. Anyway, yeah, to rewind a little bit. So there's a scene where, because he's reported his car stolen and the cops, like, pick him up after he's like, been running away from Bumblebee, uh, like, this cop just, like, grills him and, like, it's just nothing but like all these weird like nicknames for drugs like are you on this are you on that and are you looking at my gun are you eyeing up my gun because oh, i'll God, uh I forgot about this character because uh, i'll i'll uh beat the shit out of you son <laughs> and it, uh, in front of his father like his father's yeah. there too like uh so you don't even try to like scare him straight or anything like that it's just like, yeah the, he's just being an asshole like but like a comical asshole for the sake of comedy, he's a, he's a minor. Technically, I mean, I know he doesn't look a minor because he's you know he's Shia LaBeouf, but he's already he's high school. Yeah, yeah, but he's technically a minor, which makes sense why his dad's there and present for this scene. But I'm like, you just threatened him. <laughs> you just threatened him in front of his father. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not <laughs> this this guy needs to turn in his badge and his gun immediately. He's a loose cannon. Yeah, because because <laughs> they get because the dog's got like pills, like pain pills. Uh, yeah. and he finds him and it says the dog's name which is like Mojo Mojo yeah he's like Mojo is that what you call this shit is that all the kids are doing these days like no it's uh, my chihuahua <laughs> and I'm like what is this scene this is this is just a nonsense comedy scene that it's is just like ev- everybody's trying to do like their lame type type 5 for like the yeah, comedy oh, store yeah. or something <laughs> you know <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> it, it's just it's like two minutes of time that is just a waste of everyone else's time. The, the, mm-hmm. the two minutes this scene occupies does not need to be there. It doesn't advance anything. It doesn't tell you any of the story. It doesn't it enhance the characters or enhance... It, 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 it accomplishes nothing. I hate it. But Michael Bay thought it was hilarious, so it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you can probably sell up a lot of this movie, but Michael Bay thought this was hilarious, so that is here. <laughs> Are we only like ten minutes into the movie? No, no, no. We've been kind of bouncing around, but uh, <laughs> all right. So to to skip ahead, um, well, all this is going because we've been doing kind of the different branches because we've done the military branch at the start, done the Sam and Michaela stuff now, pretty much. Now we got to talk about the hackers that are introduced <laughs> early on. So 
when the first Decepticon attacked, there was like a signal when it was hacking into the the mainframe or whatever, and they assemble all of the bright young minds who are computery people. Um, this this also one feels supermodel. <laughs> and one supermodel. I think she is like a Miss uh, Miss Universe or something. Also, she actually goes on to be she's like the, she's like one of the main characters in Jessica Jones, which I saw a season of. Uh, I so. Did so she went on to do other things after this so good for her but um <laughs> yeah yeah it's um that was that was actually the weirdest thing see later on when they actually like meet the other characters and they barely interact but there's like a little moment in the helicopter where like sam and michaela are there and the hackers are there i thought it was weird that sam like are you not why are you not melting in front of this like hot blonde like i feel like you should be like saying something stupid like you've been saying to michaela all movie no, it's just Michaela. You're, at least you're loyal. At least your eyes aren't wandering. <laughs> you only, you only well, have... every woman in this in this universe is like incredibly attractive. So, <laughs> but yeah. So even this part felt dated to me. You know, this idea that only young people are computer experts. I, I think I think even for 2007, that feels quite dated. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, all, all the the British young minds in computers. So we get Rachel Taylor, the hot blonde. We get the guy i know from dollhouse and cabin in the woods who's like there with her he's only in like two scenes but he's there um and then she's like uh, you know looking at the things and figures things out and at one point sneaks into a meeting with the secretary of defense and he's got like a, a you know a room of military generals and stuff and she sneaks in and like sort of interjects and i'm like you can't just stick into a room that's like this high profile. Yeah, it's just like it's okay. I, I have something I need to ask him. Like, uh, and, do you not have like security guards? And she makes <laughs> such a leap here, where she just jumps to, you know, uh, this signal. Like, even a quantum computer would take like two years to do this. It must be some sort of organic form of like, uh, like hacking, some sort of organic electri- electrical being. And I'm like, that is a leap like you've not even seen any evidence yet of a life form and you're jumping to oh, something must be something that's alive is doing this mm-hmm. so john voight yeah quite rightly says okay that's enough from you toots out you go <laughs> and i can't even blame going him going to the other glass room where you can clearly just see and watch everything that we're doing <laughs> why, why are the walls made of glass in this top secret area <laughs> it's a lot of good questions it's a lot of, uh, and she ends up stealing the data because only one hacker on the planet is good enough to like decrypt this and she she sneaks out with this information which is classified above top secret and all the rest of it she hides it in her blush case and that, even that felt a little bit like oh i'm just gonna pretend to be powdering myself no one will question that whilst we're like, all been recruited into like a top secret base we're all doing computer hackery all day if it's michael bay's universe then no one would question it because everyone's sweaty you know you gotta powder up (laughs) then she goes to anthony anderson who yells at his grandmother his cousin's playing dance dance revolution or something like that (laughs) i think yeah again you like uh you like anthony anderson uh we're gonna test that (laughs) <laughs> my grandmother don't like anyone on a rug especially the police <laughs> oh boy that's not even the, the, the i didn't remember that line the line that i actually did remember though is when they're sitting in interrogation 
and they give them the plate of donuts, and Anthony Anderson like eats through the whole plate of donuts and goes, "See, this is their tactic. They give you some food, and if you don't eat the food, that means you're guilty." I ate the whole plate. It's not I funny. Do, I like the I like the follow through of like the next scene. He's got Pepto with him because he ate the whole plate of donuts, and it's not acknowledged. No, it's just the visual gag. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I appreciate Simple. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Which I suppose is at least better than, of course, he can eat all the plate of donuts. He's fat. At least they said, no, this is too many donuts. <laughs> he's, 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 he's made himself ill because he ate too many donuts in one sitting. That's actually a bit more restraint from Michael Bay than I would have expected, to be honest. Yes. Um, and of course, none of these characters have anything meaningful to do in the entire third act. Of course they don't. And the military are technically in the action scenes, but they don't need to be there. Like, it's all just... It's just... It's, it's, it's this weird thing, like, we have to show that the military helps out and, like, like is equal to winning as the Autobots are. And I'm like, I don't care about the military. Piss off! I'm here for Optimus Prime and his comrades taking on the bad guys. Honestly, what would have made the movie so great is after the big battle at the end, if all the skyscrapers just... Crumble down. Because <laughs> of all... <laughs> All the giant machinery just crashing uh, into all the buildings and the planes. Like there's like there's jets just going through skyscrapers. Which everything's okay. This came I would up have loved to see the whole city just crumble. This came up before this we started recording because you said yeah that 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 battle in Los Angeles at the end and I'm like oh no 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 they specified that this was a place called Mission City. Josh Dumal says that Mission City is only X number of miles away from the, the Hoover Dam. And we'll, get, and we'll get into all that, don't worry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's convenient that this is some, like, un, well, not unnamed, but like some... Fi- and I, I'm a DC fan. I love fictional cities. But you can, this, this just feels so weird to throw one in in the third act and otherwise the real country. <laughs> you know, right, like, yeah. there's, there's nothing in this that suggests those fictional cities until... He just says, oh, Mission City's this way. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Where's that? And it's not like if you tell me, oh, there's a real Mission City, but it's really just a small town. No, this is, that's, you know, like you said. It looks like Los Angeles. It looks like LA. The skyscrapers, there's, you know, tons of big buildings and shit. Like, it's clearly, you know, a a major metropolitan location. Mm -hmm. And they tear it to hell uh, in the big third act. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear um oh yeah we've been we've been dancing around because i just there was some stupid stuff in the middle we had to jump to with the, the john Totoro's like pervinous and the pissing and <laughs> stuff did you like the joke that his uh underwear has uh like his like sector name but in the superman emblem did, did you enjoy did you think that was funny was his boxer shorts like oklahoma or something like the musical I didn't see what they said. It looked like I was, I would have described them as like some sort of like Hawaiian shorts with like a sort of beach looking set. And that looked like the poster of Oklahoma. Yeah, it was meant to be funny, regardless of. <laughs> no, I, I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> oh, not did I? But that was clearly the intention. Um, um, I mean, you could could just stuck with the classic like hearts, heart boxers. You know, I, plain, white, plain white t-shirt. You know, I enjoy the arrival of the Autobots. You know, you see them all coming down out of the sky and, mm-hmm. like, they all sort of take their forms. And, yeah, like, 
there's critiques to be made about you know why did why did they have to change the type of truck that Optimus was when there was no need to, but you know let's yeah that's adaptation stuff rather than like uh, you know objectively things that are wrong with the movie, uh but the music's really good during that section um mm-hmm. you know. Uh, unfortunately, all goes down the toilet as soon as they go to his house, and like they all just turn into comic relief characters uh, instantly too. Uh, yeah, it's immediate. Yeah, <laughs> not not that there's none in the scene. Like jazz talking like he's a gangster is obviously like cringe comedy in the scene where they arrive as well. He does a little breakdance thing too. <laughs> but at least at least Sam says, "How is he talking like that?" It's at least something that's brought up. Uh, to explain that, oh, they've learned our languages from the internet. TV. Yeah. And TV, yes. Um, so, uh, but yeah. So, after they try and rescue the humans from Sector 7, uh, Bumblebee gets captured by the military in Sector 7, and maybe the only thing Sam does in the whole movie that may be classed as likable is he tries to, like, defend Bumblebee, even though he's got no hope in hell of actually succeeding. It's like, okay, that was a likable trait, almost. <laughs> almost. Giving away his car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else is going to, like, bag Megan Fox? He needs a sexy exactly. car. To, <laughs> That's to the list. In. First you get the car, <laughs> then you get the girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, they go to Hoover Dam, and all the characters converge. John Voight... And this is the weird thing, is they bring... Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox, and they also bring Hacker Girl and Anthony Anderson, and it's just like a waved away in a joke. It's like you're coming as my advisor, and he's like, "What about me?" He's like, "Who's he? He's my advisor." Well, he's coming too. Like it's all just like set up as a kind of a, a, a throwaway thing, and you get this thing where they're, they're taken in as a room with the Secretary of Defense, who's been showing all this for the first time, and then you've got these teenagers and this like college hacker and whoever else, and they're being like told all of this information that we have been told is above top secret the secretary of defense did not know this the current president did not know this the secret like alien like containment site inside hoover dam that's why the dam was built it was built around this thing she's a foreigner she doesn't have any top secret clearance (laughs) well she's australian that's right good point Uh, There's no background checks done on these guys. <laughs> I know, and they just tell all of this to them, it's like like it's nothing. It's just, oh, uh, um, uh, no sense. And then, so uh, the reason why I would say you still keep Sector Seven, assuming that you took out the military and you take out the hackers, if you keep Sector Seven, part of the heart of the movie could be the idea that you're trying to convince this this group that there's good Transformers, right? Because they just think they're all bad yeah. at this point. And the heart, of the, the heart of this part of the movie could be, you know, Shia LaBeouf convincing them, no, Bumblebee is good, let him go, all the rest of it. And that potentially could be good. But for some reason, like, he doesn't really convince anyone. But Josh Duhamel and his, like, his team just, like, start pointing their guns at all the other military here in defense of Shia LaBeouf's, like, decision to want to free Bumblebee, and I can't fathom for any reason why they're siding with the teenager. I don't know. Yeah. Like, have, have they been saved by an auto, Autobot? No. <laughs> they definitely have not. And it's yeah. not even... Like, they they just got Scorpion to death, and then they're like, okay, well, I guess I guess there's some good ones out there. <laughs> they've not even, um like, had a... It's not even like they have a scene with Shia where they're on their own and they get a chance to, like, bond with them and sort of, like, sort of see what he's... You Trust know, him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, get, get a sense of who he is. Like, 
they've all just been in this sort of big group the whole time, and for some reason they they they, they back him so much that he holds John Turturro at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, I guess y- you okay, court martial for you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so not only is the all spark down here, but so is Megatron. Uh, he's been frozen in ice ever since Sam's grandfather found him. <laughs> Many, many years ago. So it should have been a warning against global warming. Right? It should have been. I don't think you get... If the ice melts, then uh, Megatron's going to be on the loose. Well, that would make sense if he was still in the Antarctic, though. Um, I think the reason why he, like, thaws out here, because they're keeping him cold, I think it's because the little uh, robot turns the stuff off and frees him. You're right. Yeah. I forgot that they were... They had Megatron on their base somewhere. Yeah, they they were pumping him. It was like, it was like a like an ice rink. They were are pumping they in, him with ice. Okay, are they in Area Fifty One? No, they're in Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. They're in Hoover Dam, and they have Megatron in Hoover Dam. Yes, because Area Fifty One wouldn't be too far from Hoover Dam, and that would make sense. You know, aliens. It would, but they're definitely in Hoover Dam. <laughs> you, you even see him fly out of Hoover Dam when he escapes. Okay, yeah. So definitely Hoover Dam. Um. Which um, I could not have told you was in Nevada. It looks like Nevada, but the reason why I know it was in Nevada is because when they're walking in, there's a clock that says above at Nevada time, and I went, "Oh, I guess Hoover Dam's in Nevada." <laughs> I've learned something today. Yep. <laughs> oh dear. Um, honestly, anytime I see Hoover Dam, I just think about um, Universal Soldier because like the entire opening of that movie is a big set piece set in Hoover Dam. I watched that movie actually. What? That's going to be an ace movie. How dare you? So you've seen it. Well, yeah, but you hadn't. We could have had so your it's first. Be an ace movie. Yeah, but I saw it when I was a kid. I didn't know I was going to do a podcast. I didn't know what a podcast was when I saw Universal Soldier. <laughs> you should hold all science fiction movies until the ace review. I do now. <laughs> well, you should have done it retroactively. <laughs> Podcasts haven't even been invented when I saw Universal Soldier. Movie reviews were a thing. Cisco and Ebert were a thing. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah, the ego on me at five. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I think I'll uh, not watch any more yeah. movies because I think I'll have a TV hold, show one day. You cannot hold science fiction TV shows and movies from me just because we have a podcast. <laughs> I will not. I will not accept this. I'm just saying it'd have been nice to get your first time reactions to it. When we got around to doing it, but okay. Well, I don't remember much, so you, maybe you still will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched it earlier this month. <laughs> oh, it was recent. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Hoover Dam. Down. Yeah. All right. All right. Megatron wakes up. The, the Autobots, uh, you know, show up. They're all going to the city. And what gets me about this whole like, section, right? Obviously, you get the big action scene on the highway, and there's some okay bits in there. You know, Optimus Prime actually has these like because one of the big complaints is that Optimus in the movie, other than just looking too compl- complex in general, is that he's supposed to have like the metal you know bit over his face. You know, like that's what Optimus looks like, and he actually does have it sort of pop out, and he has it in this fight in the highway. But then, he, but most of the time, you can see like this metal mouth moving, which is you know. Um, and yeah. yeah, why not have the shield, the 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 guard on his mouth? 
Yeah, I don't know. Because, well, every time they were asked about it, like, Bay or whoever would say, oh, it doesn't work in a movie, blah, blah. And then Bumblebee comes out with the, the G1 designs. It's like, nah, all the Optimus seems in this work fine with the, the face like it is in the cartoon. So, yeah. you're just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you're just a dick. And every time I get mad at one of your movies, I just, I, I, I remember that time he was doing, like, a presentation for, like, a TV at like CES. Oh, he had like a panic attack or something. Yeah, and he just like walked off mid midway through. And that just brings me comfort. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of him like feeling uncomfortable and having to leave the stage. <laughs> That's not nice. Especially whenever I, I'm reminded of Pain and Game because I freaking hated that movie with every fiber uh, of my being. Yeah, it was okay. I, I've seen a few of his films outside of Transformers to be like, Maybe he's still got it, because I do also really like The Rock. Kind of sci-fi, also. The Rock. Painting game? No, The Rock. Oh, The Rock, okay. Oh, I yeah, thought you meant those, the actor. Those little, those little green balls of uh, of death. Just kind of sci-fi. I, I thought you meant the actor, because The Rock's in Painting Game. So I, 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 so I didn't naturally follow on to the other movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I do kind of like The Rock, although my Rock hype has, you know, fallen quite a bit in recent years, but... He's been in some tarts. He, that's always been the case though so yeah. like from the start of his career that's true um but yeah i saw pain again and i saw is it 13 something the the uh 13 hours that might be it the yeah. secret soldiers of something yeah and everyone's like oh michael bay's back he's making great movies again and i went and watched them and i went no not yet <laughs> <laughs> i mean I like The Rock, and I like, um... Mark Wahlberg? No. No, the movie The Rock. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like the movie The Rock, and I've not watched either of them in a long time. I did like the Bad Boys movie, the first two Bad Boys when I was a kid. I don't know if they hold up. They might not. Yeah, I don't know. I've um, not seen them. And I did like Armageddon when I was younger, too. As no. dumb as it may be. But everything after that that I've seen... Not so much. <laughs> I don't like Armageddon. I never liked it. Yeah. Well, I was 10 when it came out. I've, you know, give me peace. <laughs> no. Give me peace. No. What? What do you mean no? <laughs> you should have known better. You were 10. Double digits, you should know better. Well, if you're an adult and you still like Rocket Man. Yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> that's not, come on. Now. Written by Craig Mason. <laughs> don't, don't shove that in my face. <laughs> he got better. He learned his craft. He learned from his mistakes. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, that's big. So they're, they're this big, like, so they're on the highway, and then they get into the city, and there's a big fight in the city. And the the key thing in the middle of it is that Sam's given the the, the all spark, which has been shrunk down, and he's holding it, and it's like, hey, you're a soldier now. You have to get to this roof of this building and like, hand it off to someone in the chopper so the military can get it away from Decepticons. And I'm like. Like, multiple of these Decepticons can literally turn into a jet. Like, wh wh why Why do you think it's any safer if you get it to a helicopter? And of course, as soon as he gets the helicopter yeah. after a big chase, like, immediately Starscream just blows the helicopter up and it's like, oh well. Um. Also, why give it to a bag of meat of <laughs> a human? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that also doesn't make much sense. It would take much, to, you know, meat versus metal doesn't take much. 
and again this the theme of this movie is that sam is a useless little annoying prick and michaela actually seems like a decent character because michaela's the one that after bumblebee gets his legs blown off she's the one that says no i need to save bumblebee and she like fixes up a tow truck and like comes and gets him and then even after that like when like one of the big decepticons is like almost about to like destroy the army uh she's like hey bumblebee we need to do it don't we and bumblebee's like yeah let's do it and she like drives the truck out so bumblebee can shoot while she's driving him around but he's got no legs and they're working together they're, they, she made a heroic choice to be proactive and try and save people you, you know she's kind of awesome <laughs> she, she, she should be the main character of the goddamn movie <laughs> And Sam Witwicky should be nothing more than this weird dweeb that keeps trying to get her attention that she, you know... Has to save constantly. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's, it's so annoying, like, because right before he runs off with the cube, like, you know, they get the big dramatic shot where the sun's behind him. She's like, no matter what, I'm glad I get in that car with you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. You could be so safe right now. <laughs> Although the world might have ended without her. Yeah. What's so funny is that, you know, we're complaining about how the movie's really choppy and it's got too many cuts. Every so often there'll be a really, like, poor use of, like, slow motion where he'll, like... Uh, the, the one that really sticks out to me that feels really gimmicky is the shot of the women screaming as the, 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 the yeah. Transformers, like, fight over her head. Yeah. Uh, but, again, it's still... Also another hot woman. It, it, that's also true but it's, it's so focused on her face and that she's taking up so much of the frame that it's still just a mess of like mechanical parts above her you can't really make any of it out like yeah you can't i don't know who it is over her is it like is it optimus no i, th- I think it's like yeah. ironhide and then like you know good luck remembering that like i know starstream and i know megatron obviously I can tell you the other names that because they, they, they name all the Decepticons when they're all mobilizing before the, the final act. You see them all sort of like say, "Okay, it's take me go and help Megatron." Like Roll one call. <laughs> the the helicopter's called Blackout, I think. Yeah, uh, that's right. I think the, the the big sort of dump truck looking one was like Bone Crusher, I want to say. Mm. And then the cop car was. Oh, I forget what the cop car was called, but it was something. I don't know. It's not like Siren or something. Mm. Then it was a tank. I don't remember what those two were called. But what? What? This is the thing. Crusher. Once they're transformed into like the standing up, you know, humanoid-shaped robots, you can't tell them apart. They all look no, the goddamn they're, same. They're, they're all just bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> bad they're all bad. they're all just bad guy. Um, <laughs> which I think is why, like, probably the best transformations in the movie for the most part are when they transform back into a vehicle. Because mm-hmm. it makes more, I don't know. It's just, it's just more satisfying because it re- like the, f- the yeah, you know who you you know who you're yeah. looking at now. With like, the exception exactly. of Megatron and Starscream. I will say, I, I do think Optimus Prime's entrance into the fight because because he fights the guy in the highway, he's late to the fight in the city. His like entrance where he comes out of an alley and sort of skids and transforms mid skid and does the fighting pose. I'm like, okay. I saw that enough of that, and it made sense in my eyes that it actually looked kind of cool. Like I actually it got like, you know, yeah, as, as a pose. So. You know, I'll give a sh- take, like, it, it wasn't like the um, Star Trek the motion picture of like let's take our time and really watch all this transformation <laughs> happen. You know, but it's it's got a uh, it, it happens really quickly and it's I, yeah, satisfying that way. But I feel like most of this movie could probably find some middle ground between the motion picture and what this <laughs> movie actually is. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> because it really could lean towards motion picture a bit more. Uh, there is a couple of Star Trek sound bites in this. Uh, I assume you noticed oh, I that. Yeah. yeah, of course I did. Because Bumblebee only speaks with the uh, like uh, movie with and ra- song clips. Yeah, with the, with well, he he speaks through the radio, but I guess he's got like an MP3 player or something that he's able to access. Because <laughs> I don't know how he gets all those clips. He's just. Well, because he's an Autobot, I assume he's just been able to record everything he's ever watched or heard from, like, internet. <laughs> so okay. he, just, he just plays snippets. The World Wide Web. <laughs> Are you Sam Woodwicky? <laughs> uh, uh, the funnier one, though, is when the evil cop car Decepticon's like, like, Are you Ladies Man 271? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Where is EB item 5479992? Like, what? Where are the glasses? <laughs> yeah, they should have done more of stuff like that. Uh, I would have loved if the um, if the Autobots showed up and they immediately tried to negotiate with like the cars on display rather than like the people. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Why wouldn't they just talk to the vehicles? <laughs> well, because they don't actually transform into vehicles on their own planet. Like, the idea is, is that when they land, do you see them sort of scanning, like, some vehicles to sort of pick what the disguises are going to be? So... But they have wheels. Do they create the wheels? Or, you know, Optimus always has, like, wheels down his arm or something, or his legs. Yeah, but before he, before he like, sees the truck, I don't think he does. See, when he comes out the pool, can you get the big sort of, like, you know, the the, the choir comes in and the little girl's like, oh, are you the tooth fairy? Anyways, he's getting up. I don't think he does have wheels at that point. I think, yeah, the wheels are created once he's, like, scanned the truck and, okay, this is now so what the he's... the wheels are metal? Uh, that's a technical question. I don't think the movie's thought about too much. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense. Cause, I mean, in the cartoon, I think they already have, like, their disguises... But I guess it makes sense that why why would it like look like a truck on Cybertron? Like why why would that be like their other form? <laughs> Easy to get around. <laughs> well, yeah, that explains maybe why it has wheels and they can move around. But like, why would it look like an Earth truck? Why would it look like something that was made on Earth? I don't know. I did watch the cartoon when I was young. So I think the movie's trying to sort of get this idea across that they they can sort of pick a disguise whenever they go to a new location, and you know that's the one he's picked. Because you know? that's what Bumblebee does effectively as well. He scans the car in the tunnel and becomes a flashier car after do, Megan do, Fox do, insults do, his, uh, his tailpipe size. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> oh, I really can't does exp- Bumblebee have the hots for Megan Fox? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to get a T-Tain sequel. <laughs> That movie sucked. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm glad I didn't go down that route because I feel like there'd be a lot of juvenile humor to like mine from one of the Transformers having a hots for a Earth human. That would have been the better love story though than her and Sam. Not if it's romantic, but I get what you mean, yeah. If it's like more of like a, well, hell, I mean, that's what Bumblebee, like kind of, that's what that went on to do kind of. It was, you know, Haley Steinfeld in the car. A bit of a, yeah, maybe it's a bit of an apology. Like this is, Megan Fox should have been the star. It yeah. should have been. She should have had the car. She should have had Bumblebee. So, we'll do it with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, she was a better we'll actress. More of a Herbie. To be fair, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Which, you know, actually, that's the other thing is that it kind of does that thing where it insults the original design. Because in, in the used car place, like, there's a, you know, Bumblebee's, like, original type of car is, like, mm-hmm. next to it. And, like, you know, oh, we don't want that. It's a bug, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, we don't want that shitty car. That's terrible. Like, you know, it's kind of mocking the cartoon design. Gotta be cool. Yeah. Well, also, like, having the... I don't know. It is because uh, Herbie the Love Bug was also, uh, you know, a bug. So a Volkswagen Beetle. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to copy it too much. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what your point was there, but yeah, it's fine. We'll move on. <laughs> it was just too. It's too much. Too similar. You know, everybody knows Herbie. Oh, you you think there'd be a problem if they're like, oh, that's just too much like Herbie. They're ripping off Herbie. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I don't know if that's why why it was picked in the cartoon when it came out. If that's why they picked that type of car, maybe it was a Herbie. Yeah, maybe because Herbie's an old it's thing. It's a very distinct looking vehicle, anyway. Yeah, because Herbie, Herbie goes back to like the seventies and sixties, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Had the uh, oh, I think her name was Haley something, the Parent Trap girl. Don't know. So whenever the original mm-hmm. Parent Trap yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those uh, movies were cute. I liked them growing up. So, yeah, Megatron uh, almost kills Sam. Optimus Prime catches him, fights Megatron a bit, and Sam was told to put the cube into Mega uh, into Optimus Prime's chest, which would kill Optimus Prime, but it would destroy the cube, and therefore it couldn't be used to uh, transform Earth electronics into evil transformers, which we see a little bit of. We see a vending machine start like spitting out cans at people. We see an Xbox 360 <laughs> turn into a little transformer. Uh, but Sam, in a moment, right, you know, where he has this choice to like almost kill Optimus Prime to save the world, realizes that he's right underneath Megatron and says, "No, I'll just put it in his chest instead." And that's how they win. Sam wins the fight. Everyone, <laughs> he did something. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then, you know what's so funny is that Bumblebee's voice is fixed in this final scene where he's like, I wish to stay with the boy. And he's like, if that is his choice. And Sam's like, yes, I want to keep my cool car. And they retcon this immediately because obviously somewhere, someone decided they loved the gimmick of Bumblebee speaking in like movie clips. So mm-hmm. the rest of the movies, as far as I, I, I can remember, all have him speaking like that. So, I, I guess I mean, his voice is a little disappointing. Also, it's yeah, it's just whatever. I don't know. Oh, and Jazz died. One of the Autobots did die. No, not that one. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has barely anything to do. I mean, most of the Autobots. Do. It's, it's, it's just Optimus and Bumblebee that have all the actual like dedicated time. Yeah, which is fine. You have to focus on one or two really, but. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's ways to do like an ensemble of a supporting cast. They feel like they have a bit more impact. If I could actually like tell them apart easily when they're walking around, that would be a start. <laughs> right. Cut the cast by about seventy percent. Yeah, like I say, all the military characters gone, all the hackers gone, all of the military officials pretty much gone. Maybe keep Sector Seven for plot reasons, but yeah. for, for them, you know, I like. You, you, I mean, even if you don't rewrite anything and you just like re-edit this movie, you could probably improve it quite a bit. Not that it wouldn't be great; like it still have problems, but you could probably solve a good number of the problems 
We're just simply editing out a bunch of shit. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and the movie, I mean, the movie's pretty long, but it definitely feels really long. Yeah, it's it. Especially when you're not 20. into the humor and stuff, so the pacing mm. just kind of shuts down. You're like, just move on, get back to the robots. Like, I can't. Yeah, the, <laughs> I can't deal with this. I mean, to put it this people. way, the first act is like a whole hour long. Yeah, it takes an hour to get to the point where we've really established like the Transformers. And that and... only gets worse, right? The movies only get longer, right? Yeah, Are pretty they all much. Like Three-hour epics. I don't know if they actually hit three hours, but yeah, they're all like two and a half hours. But none of them are short, from what I remember. Yeah. So, buckle in for that. I only remember the second <laughs> one, and I remember it being like. If you thought Jazz was like kind of a problematic, oh yeah, <laughs> caricature, just wait till you get like the are they Mexican ones or something? The next one with it's... the they're like the two smaller cars. I don't know if it's a Mexican, but yeah, but it's like two smaller cars that have a lot of uh, like back and forth. That I, I know people yeah. had a lot of complaints about, probably very rightly so. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie does a lot of sequel teasing at the end because it sets up the Optimus is like sending out a signal to any Autobots that are still like you know you know survivors from Cybertron that are out there that can come find refuge. So that's like okay, we can get some new Transformers in the second movie. It shows Starstream. I don't know if you see the mid-credit scenes, but uh, there's a couple of them. Well, I actually turned it off before. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I said Michael Bay, oh, I'm like, done. You didn't miss much, but it's so. The last one... I'll probably remember when you say them. Yeah. They did see it in the theaters. The last one is just a shot of Starstream flying up as if he's going to go get reinforcements. So he flies up out of space. So it's like, okay, that's how the villains are going to come back. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the other ones are all just joke stuff where Sam's parents are being interviewed and they're mm -hmm. basically covering up the conspiracy and saying, no, the government wouldn't lie to us. They'd tell us if there was like aliens or anything. Ah. And it's just a bunch of dumb jokes with them. I wonder why they. I wonder why Michael Bay thought that these guys were comedy gold. Okay, so Kevin Dunn, Dunn is actually mm -hmm. a very funny comedic actor. He did like every season of Veep, and he was hilarious in that show. Um, I really like him. Just yeah, yeah. cannot understand the choices of these these characters <laughs> by the director and the writers and the performers. Like they don't make any. Uh, and I know they just get worse. They just get worse. Everything, everything get, gets worse. Oh, yeah. I, I am scared because I remember there being a lot of the first act of the next movie being the hijinks of, like, helping Sam move into his college dorm. I remember that being, like, a big part of the next one. And I'm okay. not looking forward to it. Ah, oh, dear. And the sad part is, is that, you know, like, we see when, like, so Optimus has his big entrance at the final fight and he, he transforms into, like, Optimus Prime and he's like, Megatron. And then, and then Megatron's like, prime and like you know what that's what this movie should have been building up to is these two actually like you know these two arch rivals finally like going toe to toe yeah. but it's like these two titans you know yeah the ones but it just the movie undercooks like all of the actual char actual characterizations of the the head transformers that, sh that should be the focus of the movie and i get that part of the reason why is a money thing because then you'd have to have them on screen even more and that's why we have to focus x amount on the humans but I just, like, if that, if that's the case, then at least, you know, do better than Sam Witwicky. <laughs> <laughs> well, he replaced him with Mark Wahlberg at one point, right? That's the fourth, uh, and the fifth, I think he's in the fourth and the fifth, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have got so much to look forward to. 
We've got uh, the balls. We've got <laughs> uh, Leonard Nimoy desecrating his whole career. We've got uh, the laminated uh, Romeo and Juliet card. Oh, I can't wait for that scene to dissect that. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, of course you have. Hmm. This is Michael Bay's justification <laughs> for exploiting young women. <laughs> but we'll get to all that. I guess we're done with the first one. I don't, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Tra Transformers, uh, or sorry, uh, Linkin Park plays at the end. It's an okay song. It's not my favorite Linkin Park song, but... Rest in power. Yeah. Uh... And they're they're making out on top of Bumblebee, which feels a bit weird now that Bumblebee's like a sentient being. Like Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know. It's already a little weird that you ride inside him. Like you you're actually inside him when he's driving around. But at least that's kinda like, you know, a car. It's the function of a car at least. Yeah. But you know, oh. But weird. But whatever. Uh yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. When they were searching Sam's room for uh the glasses Michaela goes to look in a black box and Sam's like, no, 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 not in that. And like hides it under his bed. Uh, well, he admits on his phone also when he leaves a video in case he dies that he's got magazines like Big Jugs or something that were given to him by his uncle. Which, by the way, this is 2007. The internet was already advanced <laughs> enough. In fact, they referenced eBay multiple times. The porn is on the internet. You don't need a box of magazines in 2007. That's yeah, true. Um, in fact, I say that as someone who was the age that he's supposed to be, more or less, when this came out, because I was 18. So maybe he's like 17 in this, I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe he has poor internet connection. So he's got to, <laughs> like... Yeah. So it's not always reliable, so he's got to have a backup. Maybe he's... Or maybe his parents are just like really on the ball and have all the, the password protection and Ooh, parental maybe they're controls. Going through search history and stuff yeah. yeah. Well, there's that whole see, see when he gets back uh with the Autobots to look for the glasses and he runs into his dad at the door and he has to kinda like stall and like just sort of say whatever his dad wants to hear so that he'll let him go and do whatever he's gonna do. He's like, Yeah, oh yeah, chores, yeah, I'll do chores. I'll go I'll take out the trash right now, I'll clean the path up, I'll I'll do this, I'll do that. And then it it just kinda keeps rambling to the point where he's like yeah, you know, you're a very handsome man, Dad. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I love you. I love you so much, Dad. He just keeps going. It's a very, um... It reminds me a lot of like, what I hate about Melissa McCarthy comedy, where she'll just keep talking and adding more and more to the joke in the hopes that it will make it funny. <laughs> and it's just... It's getting less and less funny the more you talk. Yeah. Sometimes good comedy is known when to just, like, that's your punchline. Leave. Get out. Brevity is the soul of wit. Yep. Yeah. Brevity is also the soul of good podcasting, which, you know, maybe that's why we're not that good. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I just had deja vu. Like, we've had the same two lines <laughs> before. I don't remember making that joke before, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. All right, Tara, what are you rating Transformers? More than I'm meets the be, eye. I'm going to be a little bit generous with this one and go with <gasps> five. Okay. Because that, I know yeah. it's going to be downhill from here, and and you know, like there are some there are some redeeming things in the film that I do like, and yeah, I did really like it when it came out. It just doesn't age very well, so I've gone from a positive rating to right in the middle. Mm. Yeah, now I've just said more than meets the eye. I'm like, you know, it was fine when Optimus used it at the end, but of course it had little impact because it was already used by 
uh, Sam uh, randomly. It was kind of it was kind of a cute thing though in the, earlier. Mm. I don't think they can use it twice. Well, that's my that's my hang up. I think it feels a bit eh using it twice, but eh, whatever. Uh, okay, I'll yeah. I I I think I'd have probably given it like a seven back in the day, which I'm definitely not doing now. This movie is so much worse than that. <laughs> Um, I am tempted to also maybe give it the five and just say it scrapes a five because it has good music. Peter uh, Cullen? Peter Mullen? Peter Mullen, uh, who does Optimus Prime's voice. Uh, it's always nice to hear him. Uh, he's good in the role. Um, you know, th- there is a sense of spectacle to certain moments in the movie. Unfortunately, it's not at any time when they're fighting, but... Uh, there, there is a bit of spectacle here and there to to enjoy. Um, obviously, the reasons why it's no higher is because all of the terrible comedy, which only gets worse in the sequels, but um, it, it really is quite gobsmacking going back and watching it now and being like, this feels so juvenile, and yeah, I, I, I just I can't imagine. Like, yeah, that's the thing. You know, I saw this was as, as eighteen originally, and you were even you know well, not that much older, but you were a bit older than that, right? And I think it shows you that I think when you're 18, you think, oh, I'm an adult now because I'm 18. And I think watching this now in my 30s, it makes me go, you know what? Nah, there was still growing to do. <laughs> there was still growing to do because I am looking down on a lot of this so much now. <laughs> the other movie I saw a bunch of times right out of boot camp was uh, 300. Ah, they, yeah. they were both out at the same time and they kind of, you know, they kind of have that same like directors just want to make things look cool and oily. Mm. Zack Snyder. I mean, that's who I was comparing it to earlier. Yeah. Uh, and I was never that fond of 300. You know, I saw it in the and theater. Also, Grindhouse came out at this time, too. Yeah. <laughs> I like that more. I like that more. That appeals to me way more, though. And it, and oh, yeah, yeah. It obviously, it helps that, you know, those directors, especially Tarantino, like, is just like, you know, like, he, don't get me wrong, he is kind of self-indulgent in some ways, but I love his self-indulgence. Like, like yeah. his style, the way he handles scenes and draws out scenes i think adds to a lot of the build-up and tension and all that stuff um oh, i know i've been watching the um because i've been packing if people haven't noticed my home is looking a little bit bare um and i put on the uh, hateful late extended edition and i <laughs> just love just stretch it out <laughs> give me more thank you uh, <laughs> that's a good point next episode of the ish uh, you'll have a different background i think right yeah 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 probably yeah. We may be able to squeeze in one more, but I don't know. I got to pack up my com- my computer eventually. Yeah, uh, I think was the, I think there should be at least a meltdown for the patrons uh, from this place still, and then next regular episode will be. Uh, I'll oh. be in Mission City, <laughs> California. <laughs> no, Mission City is in Nevada. Come on, pay attention, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's. Uh, I'm t- now I'm trying to remember if like they have fake cities for all the final battles. It's almost like they want to like do all the destruction, but then not have to explain why like New York and LA are <laughs> like destroyed in the future. <laughs> so it's just like this mission city. It's uh, uh, I don't know, recon city. Springfield. <laughs> Springfield. Oh dear. Anyway, that's uh, our discussion on Transformers. It is not very good. Uh, possibly maybe even really really bad yeah. but there's a direction we're going to go after this and well 
the room's there. The ceiling, like, the ceiling's very high above this. Like, there's a lot of room to go up. And yet, next time, not next episode, but next time we come back to Transformers, um, we will be going down a slope into Revenge of the Fallen. So look forward to that. But this has been our thoughts on Transformers. Let us know what you think of Transformers in the comments below. Like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications. All that stuff helps us out. But of course, you can help us out a, in a big way with the monies. Big number at patreon.com slash TV and supporting us. At the $3 tier and up, you get access to a bonus episode every month uh, where we do like a goofy sci-fi B-movie. Uh, although last month, we did like a non-sci-fi movie just as a one-time thing because Tara really wanted to do Samurai Cop. So we did it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at the $5 tier and up, you get access to the Ace Meltdown, which is a show where we just sit down once a month and talk about all the different movies we've been watching that weren't for podcasts, that were just, you know, movies we happen to watch. Uh, we also do like a, and we do a sci-fi movie quiz uh, for each other at the start of that as well. So, um, Plus there's bonuses for all the other content. There's a back catalogue of episodes of both of those things now too. Uh, especially the bonus episodes. We've got like 40 plus of those now uh, on Patreon. Uh, and we're going up to I think the next meltdown will be number six. So there's a little back catalogue of that starting to build. So uh, by all means, go and check that out and check out the other shows that we have, such as Screams After Midnight that I do with Tim, the horror movie podcast. Or the collector's cut that I do with David, which is where we work through franchises and, like, you know, like a theme of a subgenre, you know. So we just did 70s disaster movies over the course of a January. Uh, we're doing all the Turtles movies in February, that kind of thing. So uh, go, go and have a look. Obviously no sci-fi or horror, because they go to this show and Screams uh, After Midnight. So, uh, yeah, that, that about does all my plugging. I suppose I just thank the Patreon producers. I'll do that uh, before yes, we wrap up. So that, thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Al Treisman. And of course, thanks to everyone who supports all the content. We appreciate it. Thanks, so, guys. Thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching sci-fi and... <laughs> Computer, add salsa.